You're listening to Once, episode 11, 7.15 a.m. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's fairy tale TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. I'm Jenny. And we are so happy that you are back here joining us for another episode, talking about the Once Upon a Time episode, 7.15 a.m. And this was a cool episode because a storm was coming. <laughs> cool was good. The storm could have been bigger. Yeah. What did you guys think of the episode? Overall uh, review of it. It was written better than the last one, I think. Yes. Definitely. Indeed. I was happy that they went more quality in their writing and everything there. And finally, things progressed that we've been waiting for many times, uh, many episodes. So I enjoyed it. Awesome. Jeremy, what did you think? I agree with Dan. What, What was this? Episode 10? Yes. Yeah, they, uh, they've done a couple of things already this season, including in this episode that really they could have drug out to the end of the season. So I'm grateful that stuff does happen almost every, even something little, even last week we were kind of like, oh, that was entertaining, but something still happened. Jenny, what did you think of the episode? I was really happy to see Little Red Riding Hood in <laughs> her own apparel. <laughs> in apparel it, <laughs> period yeah. apparel, yes. it suited her very well she looked great she did she did no little short shorts <laughs> and socks with high heels now some people would disagree but well that's true i'm mm, among the people no. who agree that she looks better when she has more clothes on. she was tasteful yeah. and dignified she was and she looked tough like a hunter yes she that's... was respectable so then the title screen shows, was that Little Red Riding Hood in there? Because um, I thought. Maybe. I forget. Snow White didn't have a cape-like thing like that. Little oh, Red Riding Hood did. The title screen. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was for little, little Red. It was odd because they've seen, they've showed her before in her cape, so it wasn't like, you know, anything special. I thought they were going to go into her background of the story. Me too. Yeah. That's what you think because you see her on the cover, but... Which now makes me think, Weird. like, oh, is the co- cover going to mean anything in the future? Well, or? <laughs> you remember that episode with Cinderella? The fairy was in that um, title scene, and you only you only saw the fairy enough, you know, and then she died, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they wanted her to be in more than just, like, five seconds of the episode. Uh, yeah, so far, the only obvious title screen has been the gingerbread house in last episode, True North. Mm-hmm. We'll take this through the fairy tale land first and explore this in the separate timelines. We start off seeing Snow White hunting. She is now a huntress. 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 Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Almost killed Little Red <laughs> Riding Hood. It's a female hunch. <laughs> <laughs> and Little Red Riding Hood gives her the story of James is getting married in two days' times. So, first of all, Snow White is now hunting. She's surviving on her own out here in the woods. And then secondly, she's getting help from Little Red Riding Hood, which is hard for me to say. I might just say <laughs> Widow Red Riding Hood. Okay. <laughs> and bringing her food once a month. 
Yeah. It seems. Yeah, it was pretty funny because she did say, you know, oh, I wasn't expecting you for a month. And Little Red says, it's been a month. So obviously Snow has had like a lot in her mind. Maybe she's been building her little hut, her little tree hut. <laughs> a little booty hut. <laughs> and I'd like to say too how she does say I helped you when no one else would because um I was wondering like basically what that means. So apparently mm-hmm. there's going to be some deeper story that we're going to find out later on. We better. And also uh she says that she heard of Rumpelstiltskin just from whispers. There are whispers. Whispers of a man who can achieve even the most unholy of requests. Yes, yeah, she sounds cuter in fairy tale world than storybook too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I'm wondering what those are. And then she talks about Rumpel Stiltskin, and I'm thinking, has she maybe done business with him before, or because he's pretty much had his hand in everyone, like right. as far as like everyone's story and just progressing it and um and twisting it and get giving them what they want but gaining power but she says there are whispers which makes it sound like she's not actually met rumpelstiltskin that she just knows of possibly that might help with our timeline later because if we see red with rumpelstiltskin yeah that's what i'm saying yeah and we still don't know when the the little red riding hood story happens because we at first think it might sound like uh, maybe, uh, what's her name? Snow White is the one who helped Little Red Riding Hood because the story goes that a hunter helped Little Red Riding Hood, but maybe that hunter is actually Snow White. And a it's huntress. Not a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not a guy, it's a girl because there's also this cabin in the background a couple times that we see. Yeah, it makes it seem like it's Snow White's cabin. And it has antlers on the outside of it. It's a, like a hunter's cabin and in the distance next to the rainbow. And I do have a screenshot that shows this. <laughs> next to the, the rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> yeah, there's a rainbow behind uh, okay. her. Okay, they were just adding fluff. I was like, I didn't see any rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So red and snow are friends, which goes along well with one of the grim fairy tales, which is called Snow White and Red, where it's it's not necessarily the same Snow White as Seven Dwarfs, but it's the same name. It's by the same guys. So it's they're not meant to go to designed to go together, but they are like the same characters. But and it implies that there is this deep friendship between Snow and Red or uh, Ruby Red. I think it was actually called Snow and Ruby Red was the name. Hmm. I'll have a link to that in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 11. So you can read that and see how wrong I was. So Snow White goes to Rumpelstiltskin on this dock. And the first thing I was thinking when I saw her on the boat was, that's the boat, the boat, the boat. I was saying that as it was happening. It's the boat, the boat. Because in Mr. Goldshop, there is a canoe. I'm thinking that's Pocahontas's. It's, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what boat are you talking about? Well, here was my thought. Yeah, in Rumpel, in Mr. Gold's shop, there is a boat that's hanging from the top. It's actually a canoe, though. But when Stiltskin was sitting on Snow White's boat and he asked her, what's your price? When he appeared yeah. on yes. her boat, by the way. No, like, swimming sounds or walking on the dock. You just poof. Well, so it's it's not the same boat. 
Mm. Just so people know. Oh, okay. I already knew that, but I was letting you <laughs> imagine. But, yeah, let's talk about that. Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> can just go poof. Poof. And he doesn't need the black smoke. Which the queen can too. Oh, yeah. I guess I imagine that the queen's poof makes noise. Yeah. like <laughs> Because we hear noise. But he didn't. Well, magic so. always does a little poof or some type of sound. So. <laughs> and comes I love with a many times we're saying poof. <laughs> <laughs> but Rumpel knows Snow White wants a deal with him because he says, No one comes to see me without a deal in mind. That's sad. Yeah. I love that he's lonely. <laughs> I do love his little line about love and everything there, too. Love is the most powerful magic, so the cure must be extreme. Love makes us sick, haunts our dreams, destroys our days. Love has killed more than any disease. He's not bitter. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see this guy do Shakespeare. Actually, you think this could be something related to his wife leaving him? Like that he's held on to this bitterness for however many years this was. At least, we're saying at least 60 years. I think that speech is a pretty good yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, that's a good connection. And maybe we'll actually get to see that whole story of his wife. This might sound a little far-fetched too, but you know how later on you have a little discussion with um, the the writer, Emma and the writer. The way they uh, he talks to Emma... Reminds me of that poetic style that Rumpelstiltskin talks to people, almost as if they could have been father and son. I don't know. I still don't know. Big Bad Wolf does make a lot of sense, but I still think it could work with him being Rumpelstiltskin's son. <laughs> we'll talk about the stranger yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a bit more <laughs> in a bit. Snow White's hair. He has the hair and he's and he's, she says, what's your price? Which everyone knows there's a price now. Um, but she's like... What, what's your price? And he says, oh, this will do. Yeah. And I, I have I a theory, think, too, after you. Well, I was just going to say, I'm wondering if the way the potion needed to be specific to Snow White uh, to work, he needed the hair, that the hair also would be specific for him to do a deal with the Reg- Regina or the evil queen later on to have her sleeping potion work specifically on Snow White or something to that regard where he's going to hold it um, because he knows he's going to need it later on. Well, he can see the future. Yeah, I think he's he knows he needs it, but I don't think it would be for the evil queen. Maybe it's going to be some kind of antidote for his own poison, because Ooh. his price for this uh, love-killing potion was just a lock of her hair, and that's it. So you say there's going to be another potion with the hair yeah. to make... Uh, Unless like the hair is like somehow extremely powerful, I think this is his way of he knows she's going to come back and ask, or someone is going to come back and say, please re- undo this. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, I can for a price. And so that's when his price will be do higher. It for Prince Charming, and Prince Charming will owe Rumpelstiltskin, and he'll <laughs> have Rumpelstiltskin make the potion for Snow White. Maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Jenny, what's your theory on the hair? Well, the first thing I thought was, is he going to clone her? <laughs> and then my What's your sec- next theory on the hair? <laughs> and then my second thought was, maybe he's keeping it um, for providing in the future, for, for proving in the future that Emma is Snow White's daughter. Ooh. DNA test. 
Could be. I've had this hair in my antique shop for as long as anyone can remember. <laughs> well, we do see all characters seem to carry over something from the fairy tale land. Like mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel carried over the compass, and mm-hmm. other characters have carried over other things. I'm not remembering, right? Um, Snow White carried over the ring. Okay. Into you know, the green ring, and other characters carrying things over. Maybe he has some way that he, yeah, he's got the hair. I think it'll be important in fairy tale. I'll just call that one. In the chat room, which by the way, we do this show live. We've been doing it on Thursdays, but that's going to change to Wednesday evenings very soon. But in the chat room, we've got a bunch of people in there. And one of the chatters in there said, once fan, he said, or she said, I think he'll have control over her with the hair. <laughs> That's an interesting theory. <laughs> I control you with this hair. <laughs> as long as I say please. <laughs> I think maybe her hair never turns white. Hmm. Being Snow White and all, she, you know, some magic to it. No, I, <laughs> I think he will find, he likes control over deals and control over you owe me something. So, I don't know. I think the hair is mainly for... I like the potion idea for the second one. I like the potion idea, and I think it'll be James who goes and makes a deal for the antidote. Mm -hmm. Probably. Or one of the dwarves. It's been plucked from your head. I love that sound clip. I wish you had it. (laughs) No, but I do have this one. (laughs) Uh, He laughed a lot in this one. Like, he pulled the bottle out, and he laughed. And then he plucked her hair out, and he laughed. And she has really long hair for plucking. That must have been painful. Well, she has like flyaways. I'd love to see his like the the one who does Rumpelstiltskin as an actor and see him practicing in the mirror that laugh. Yeah, I would love that if we had him like if if he was a guest on our show, we would have to get him to do like laughing. Like, all of his laughs. We'd also be freaked out the whole time he sat here. Like, what is he going to do? We got some feedback on this issue from Aggie, 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 Augie. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know quite Someone who will probably never write to us again. He, she said, Rump's laugh was really freaky. And I can't figure out what he wants with her hair. Snow White's hair. Is it an antidote? Didn't he say all spells can be broken? So maybe white memory lost of charming can be fixed if not how is james going to fix this and how long do you think it will take him to find her i think i think that's the popular theory nobody's going for my cloning idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah like someone that said they thought of it (laughs) although even without an antidote they didn't exactly have a long history i'll bet they could fall in love again well we do know they do fall in love again that's that's obvious we know the end of the story something else uh, i've thought of maybe i've had this idea too i've heard other people have this idea is maybe the sleeping curse that snow white ends up under kind of overpowers the anti-love potion and so when she wakes up she's suddenly in love again and maybe the whole time james is looking for her never knowing that she's forgotten him and we did learn Mm. that one of the things Rumpelstiltskin can't do is make someone fall in love. He can't bring someone back from the dead, and he can't make them fall in love. Maybe we should start keeping a list. Now, yeah. Hey, guess what? what? That sounds just like the genie in Aladdin. He was <laughs> yes. saying he cannot bring anyone back from the dead, oh. and he cannot make anyone fall in love. 
Now, There's another one. Uh, I think I it's remember. more implied, not just on Rumpelstiltskin, but on magic. Magic in that general. Magic can't do those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting considering I posted in our blog this week about possible problems without limitations on the magic. So it is good that they're thinking of that at least most of the time and they're putting in some very good limitations. Yeah. Now, moving on to when King George is talking to James in the castle. It's the same castle, by the way, that James and Snow White are later in and everything happens. You know, the curse comes to the climax there at that castle. It's all the same castle, King George's castle. And James is in the room and his dad comes to him, a fake dad comes to him <laughs> and he's like threatening him almost with this and telling him how it's his duty to marry Abigail, uh, Midas's daughter, because it would bring all of this wealth. And King George is all focused on this merger of the kingdoms because he wants all of this gold, the wealth that comes with the merger of the kingdoms. That's his only focus. You give him an inch, he'll swim all over you. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing, too, like the whole idea, like the, the contrast between the two of them, where he shows him the crown to try to get him to be more interested in that and get back into the feast. And James says, you could feed an entire kingdom with yep. that. Uh, you can feed a kingdom for an entire winter with that crown. Impressive. Mm. Yeah. So then a key point here is that James sends a message to Snow White on a pigeon. It's a pigeon. It's not a dove. It's a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Ignore what the storybook guy says. It's a pigeon. They should fire that guy from the animal shelter. He can't identify birds correctly. Have, have you ever heard of carrier doves? That's because they don't exist. Carrier <laughs> pigeons do. Well, a pigeon that can find someone no matter where he or she is. Maybe he's the guy in charge of the... Might be a dove. You know, the animal hospital in fairy tale world. So they do have carrier doves. I don't know. Maybe in fairy tales they have doves instead of pigeons. Yeah. No, Magical a... doves. Magical doves. They fly how many other over people notice that. <laughs> well, speaking of rainbows, that dove or pigeon did arrive at Snow White and she reads it just as she's looking at this potion. And that's when you see a rainbow in the background. She's sitting on a log in front of her cabin. It looks maybe I'm thinking it's her cabin. So she's sitting there and there's a rainbow in the background. She reads the letter. That cabin I'm going to mention later on too. Okay, good. And I will have screenshots. I think that is her home or, and she's living alone. Mm-hmm. I doubt she was just hiding beyond the tree line for months. What do you think she still has interaction with the seven dwarfs? Or do you think that was just like a, this was uh, you guys are all shorter than me. This is not going to work out and just go and find someone else. <laughs> this, this was before she met the dwarves. Yes, it was. Because she gets that letter, decides she's going to go back and talk to uh, James in the castle. So she sneaks into the castle with the flowers and all of that. That's right. Gets caught, gets sent to yes. prison, the jail cell there. Where'd and, she get which, that fancy hood? What? She was wearing a hood. Maybe it oh, was yeah. her in the title screen. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that is true. I love that transition from... Um, uh, which particular oh, yeah. scene was in it? Storybrooke when she's going with the dove? Right, that's why the Storybrooke, and she puts the the hood on, and then it goes right into. She like struggled with it at first, and then as soon as she flips it up, she's she has the hood on in uh, Story yeah. uh, Fairy Tale World. Nice yeah, crossword. I thought that was cool too. 
I didn't notice. Made me happy. In the, dun- <laughs> in the dungeon, did you recognize the dungeon at all? It looked like Rumpelstiltskin's. It is. Yes. Yeah. Did what, it? What, I didn't notice. I didn't think Rumpelstiltskin's had two different... His doesn't. Rumpelstiltskin's jail cell has different kind of bars. Some people have hypothesized that those bars are actually living in some way. Like it's a living mm, prison okay. cell, but that's a little odd. Um, so it's it doesn't have the metal bars like we see in this. But it is, everything else is the same. The same hallways, the same rocks, the same lights How hanging on the side. How can you say it's the same rocks? <laughs> because I compared them. <laughs> oh. I compared screenshots between the two. That's strange because I thought that they made a big deal out of how and where they built the prison. I felt like it was just for him or magical types like him. And I also like thought that we were sort of realizing that this might have been a different castle than Prince Charming's. Well, no, think this about is it. Prince Charming's castle. They can't go around buying like multiple castles and multiple dungeons. You have to <laughs> sure think about they their They're owned by budget. Disney. They can change they the lighting and the perspective. They have a ton of dungeons and princess outfits and all that stuff. <laughs> a couple things to connect these points are when in the episode about Cinderella, episode five, The Price of Gold, when Rumpelstiltskin is put down there, when they're going down there to look at it, Cinderella is saying, why are we down here? And they say, we converted the mines. Prince Charming right. is saying, we converted That's the mines. why I was thinking it was removed from a castle, not under one. I'm but, pretty sure that it was a different... If it looked the same, I think it was an accident. Because they were mines. That that was clearly yeah. a jail it, it or a dungeon. Be, it could be that they reused it. But most of that mine is actually computer generated. The That's rocks what I thought. on the wall. They filmed it on a green screen. So it could be they just reused it. Or it could be the exact same thing. I'm just because thinking you don't mine under a castle. That would be <laughs> no. foolish. Unless this is Minecraft. Unless you're Batman. <laughs> but... <laughs> Here's an interesting thought is remember when Grumpy introduced Cinderella to the mine where they were going to hold Rumpelstiltskin? Mine he said Cinderella, a, lot Cinderella of, mine. a lot of dwarf blood went into this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mines of Moria. What if, <laughs> oh, what if in some way Grumpy was referring to the fact that Stealthy died helping Grumpy escape from that exact same prison? Because... Uh, the so-called stealthy, which that's a joke. <laughs> stealthy was not a dwarf. I'm so glad he died. I'm sorry. Well, the thing is, stealthy died in the courtyard above ground. Yes, true. So I just shot a hole in your theory. <laughs> and in stealthy. I, I thought it was I, twice, at least, I've caught myself thinking, stealthy, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay, grumpy, I, sneezy, those aren't ridiculous. <laughs> thought it was pretty funny. I was watching it with a friend, and he's like, stealthy? Who's stealthy? And then as soon as stealthy died, he's like, oh, okay, that's why there's no stealthy. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yep. And which I thought was hilarious that stealthy wasn't stealthy, and he ended up dying anyway. Where's the little beret? He shot people too. with knockout gas. Isn't that what he said? Or something like that? That's why the oh, courtroom oh, was going to be safe. I wrote this down. Doc Doc cooked up a potion, and and it knocked the guards out cold. Oh. So it was Doc oh. that made the potion, which in, Doc's the, cool. in the Disney <laughs> movie, so why, Doc never did anything like that. They were all very clumsy. By the way, I can't remember if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I just learned that the names of the dwarves, as we know them today, are names that Disney gave them. 
yeah for the movie oh yeah they they were named something else back in the early 1900s then when disney came out with snow white and the seven dwarves in like 1932 ish mm. or early. something um that's when disney gave them the names that we know them by today okay you know who i thought stealthy was makes more sense i thought stealthy was dopey and and grumpy was just calling him stealthy not by name, but oh. by, because he was being stealthy. Yeah, I was hoping so. Which was <laughs> funny because Grumpy was like, he mentioned the word Grumpy, and she's like, oh, sorry? And he's like, no, <laughs> my name's Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Grumpy. I'm, I'm just focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then what is the deal with people putting flammable stuff right next to their castle or what is the deal with that being such a threat i almost made a joke i saw the pile of hay as they entered the courtyard and i almost said "Ooh, nobody catch that on fire and then she threatened them with it and <laughs> it worked it's surrounded yeah, by stone i was like sad stone. it's like that's not going to do anything Look, i'm well, gonna burn your pile of hay as, as soon as they let grumpy go then the guards just grabbed her and the stake out of her yeah. hand so it's not like she really posed a threat but like, this place will burn decided. and by place i mean this pile <laughs> i'm gonna have to look into whatever research i can do on castles maybe castle burning used to be a problem i don't know <laughs> but they need to put more obvious wood in if they're going to make that such a problem yeah so let's back up just a moment about grumpy he said he fell in love and that's why he was in prison because a bad a deal went bad when he was a diamond miner by the way another disney reference because the dwarves in snow white's snow white and the seven dwarves were miners i forgot in a that diamond mine and that's not in the actual story that i could find so I had to kind of skim through it. Oh, this is funny. Sorry, I'm I'm reading some of the names that were they chose not to use. Disney chose not to use for the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Stealthy, Hickory, Sniffy, Stuffy, Ooh. Burpy, Tubby, Shorty, and Dizzy. Dizzy. I just thought they were pretty funny, Dizzy especially Burpy. Funny. I like Sneezy better than Burpy. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather sneeze all the time than burp all the time. <laughs> Grumpy said that the woman he loved was as beautiful as a fairy. I noticed that too. Coming from a dwarf standpoint. <laughs> I wonder if the woman he loved became a fairy and then blew up. Huh. I don't know, it's no. it's just a crazy thought. Maybe yeah. she's the blue fairy. Oh, so you think that maybe that's why she disappeared because she's a fairy and he doesn't get to see her and he's going to actually find his. Well, we don't know how he long he was in prison. He can't find his love because then he won't be grumpy anymore. He has to <laughs> always be single. <laughs> <laughs> Who says he has to stay grumpy? <laughs> hmm. So moving on, then the the terrible thing of King George telling Snow, you got to tell this guy that you don't love him. And again, real hate speech against love. <laughs> love is a disease. And like all diseases, it can be vanquished in one of two ways, a cure or death. He also said that Snow poisoned his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how that sounds a lot like the what... Uh, Rumpelstiltskin calls love. Maybe he does have his own heartbreak issues. He's certainly bitter enough. Uh, LP in the chat room says, I think he's the beast also. <laughs> Are you talking about the king? Because that would make sense. Do you think we're ever going to see the king in Storybrooke? I don't know, because we've still got this huge gap of what happens that caused James to can't call off the wedding with Abigail. And how did that fly? Because... <laughs> we know 
that King George said that he would kill James if he didn't go through with this. Well, he must have just left, right? <laughs> I mean, people would figure out the wedding's off if he disappears. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because he goes back later and he's all, you know, prince and everything. And King he's George, prince. King <laughs> yeah, George and, is never seen anywhere else. I was going to say, you notice that he's never seen again. So I'm thinking King George maybe doesn't quite survive to the wedding where we did not see him. Hmm. He could have been like, you know, done this whole corpse groom thing and found his dead brother and buried and unburied him. And <laughs> they could have discovered because no, no, it's like he's got the twin. And let's talk about legitimate theories here. <laughs> OK, fine. He just left, got up and left up. Oh, Daniel's got a good idea. No, wait. He dug up his dead brother and just like put him what? under the bed no. so they'd think he was sleeping. Or That's what Dan. I was trying to say before you no, guys no. interrupted Bes- me. Besides the silly part, you have a really good theory. <laughs> Thank there. you. I'm always silly, so I'm, you have to read between the lines. <laughs> Re- remember what King George said is that if James was killed at the hands of an assassin, his death would be lauded and King Midas would be perfectly understanding. The merger mm-hmm. would still go through. So what if he still has original Prince James's body and he brings that up uh, and it's like, he's been killed. Got it. Got yeah, a problem with basically that. basically took the What's words the out of my mouth. What? What problem or, with that? Or maybe James does that. Do you see this decayed body that's obviously been dead for months? <laughs> Dude, this in just a magical world, happened. it doesn't decay oh. as fast if it has magic. Uh, that, that's true. Oh. It, it has been at least a month. Besides, yes. ABC's Ew. makeup artists are really good. Two months. <laughs> a month. Except More for than. with hair, right? That's true, the hair. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it's possible. And I was, yeah. Thank huh. you for understanding what That's I was really awesome trying to say. theory. Maybe some I magic like that one. preserved him. Yeah, maybe he's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he made a wish on a star on the blue fairy came and... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that's a cricket. completely... <laughs> possible no, idea yeah there's, there could be something there yeah that's a that's an amazing idea you I mean, heard it here first Prince charming isn't stupid that's all he <laughs> <laughs> do something pretty cool he killed a big fire-breathing dragon yeah but or like he just did something brave and how said, does he become no. a prince afterwards because he starts his own kingdom. prince hmm. maybe they yeah. went over to king midas's yeah. castle and lit a pile of hay on fire this is my castle now i lit your hay <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know quite how that would work. Very <laughs> Maybe Rumpelstiltskin gets involved. No doubt. But well, he always gets involved, so we just have to find out when. Let's move on here with this. Uh, Snow comes in, you know, tells him, I don't love you. That room, by the way, <laughs> speaking of, you know, we were talking way about... Way to skip the mushy part. It was kind of a dramatic moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love you. <laughs> <laughs> that room is... They reused the same room as uh, cinderella and thomas were in Hmm. when cinderella was packing her bags like i I said they just can't like go out and buy multiple castles it's easier to recomputer generate something though than it is to rebuild something although still expensive so if they've used a lot of their budget they may be so it's (laughs) we could almost say maybe prince thomas lives here too but probably not because it's yes it's the same room but they decorated it differently they uncovered the floor when it was covered before and all of this mm-hmm. stuff different furniture but the other things that they couldn't change quite so easily like the shapes of the doors the windows the, oh. the doorways well that's almost like saying in lost i think they passed this tree before <laughs> so i mean you have to give give them credit yeah, yeah. and i mean if enough of the room is different 
you're not really going to notice unless you're obsessing about details. Someone wrote in <laughs> saying, wondering if maybe it was the same note. <gasps> or they said, maybe was it a note that said, I have to tell you this now, but come meet me later. Wow. I, I was just going to so. say that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you. I know you'd said that before, Jenny. You'd hypothesized the yeah, same thing. Yeah, but the problem with that is Snow White wouldn't have drunk the potion afterwards. Yeah, and they weren't being overheard, she, so she could have just told if them. If she knew. And she bawled after, like she was ending this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if she knew that there was a possibility that he could read this new note that said something to the extent of, I don't mean anything I'm saying right now. <laughs> then she wouldn't have, you know, become depressed and drunk the potion and all that. Snow White then just leaves the castle. She's totally depressed, like <laughs> we were saying. And that's when the dwarves come. And that, by the way, <laughs> is what the evil queen was seeing in last episode uh-huh. when Hansel and Gretel's father was brought to her. And she looks in the mirror and she mm-hmm. says, she's cavorting with dwarves now? When did that happen? And I, <laughs> For those of you who have not seen the blog post I posted about three hours before I saw this episode, it was one thing that I said was maybe Snow White will eventually see that scene and there will be a mirror in the woods because we've wondered, (laughs) Hey, what's that mirror mirror doing there? (laughs) Yeah. We've wondered, is a mirror required on the other end for the queen to view someone or is it not? And so as the scene was playing, we were almost holding our breath. Like, is she going to see a mirror in the woods? (laughs) Someone, (laughs) I think think it might've been Dachshund or someone else on Twitter had suggested that maybe it's just any kind of reflection. So Mm -hmm. like a piece of glass. Well, let me Those trees must have had a lot of dew on them. (laughs) Let me just say, you remember, well, have any of you guys watched Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Not a long time. Um, You had a magic. number two in the box office. You had a magic mirror. (laughs) Like a little magic hand mirror, oh. and he was able to see anything he wanted to see with it. So it's not inconceivable that she would yeah. be able to see anything through her mirrors. Inconceivable. I just got flashbacks of Princess Bride. <laughs> 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 then there's the moving speech from Grumpy when, when uh, Snow White is willing to take this potion. I don't want my pain erased. As wretched as it is. I need my pain. It makes me who I am. It makes me grumpy. I love that line. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it was awesome until he said it makes me grumpy. No, that's the oh, best that was, part. It was so cool. Well, I mean, it. I guess it if he makes means grumpy, me grumpy, I, I know what they grumpy. were. <laughs> I know what they were trying to do. I don't know. It was cute. I thought it was really cute because <laughs> pain would make you grumpy, but his name is already grumpy. So and he's proud of it. That's <laughs> yeah. who he is. I liked it. It gave a better uh, better view f- of the dwarfs than the typical, oh, he's just grumpy, just ignore him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's actually got a purpose. And he, you see him a lot during, uh, out of all the other dwarfs, I think he is number one as far as showing up. Yeah, mm. so far. Mm. By the way, uh, Aggie, 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 sorry, <laughs> whatever, uh, wow. also said on this, she said, referring to the evil queen seeing this scene... And now we're seeing it from the other side of the mirror. She said, I love that because it shows that this fairy tale world isn't flat. Things can happen simultaneously. Right. Yeah. I like that too. Like yeah. connecting the dots. Yeah. I filling like in the different directions of it. Hmm. But when James goes looking for Snow White, he goes to that cabin. First of all, how did he know to go there? Why did he go there? Well, it's, Whispers. It's, like, it's a glade, isn't it? 
Like, no, it, it's, it's the same cabin. Right, in the we background. could have skipped, you know, multiple episodes in between those times too. So true. But I don't well, know the idea of the note. No, I don't think multiple episodes because so. this was just after he canceled the wedding. He's all excited. He's like, "Hey, every oh, you're right. Yeah, there." How long did uh, Little Red or Red Riding Hood say? That he was going to get married in two weeks' time. Two days. It? Two days. Oh, so so this is at least had two days. Pretty much, but it could have been longer. Here's a thought that maybe irrelevant may just be a framing issue. But if Red was there again, maybe it had been another month from the last time she visited Snow. Hmm. Yeah. Although she did say she never came back, referring to Red. Oh. So it hmm. could have been more so. than a month. Then again. Hmm. But then word gets back to the dwarves somehow yeah i did kind of wonder how he knew where to look for her and well he said he would always find her yeah and he says that as he runs off and did you notice (laughs) uh, red's face she was just like all (laughs) her face when he was saying that i will find her and she was just which is funny that she had that look because in storybrooke she gives this flirting look when she's giving him his coffees she knows one with cream and one just black or something like that whatever the coffees were she knew him i think in fairy tale land it was she was like wow he's a great hero and she thought someday my prince will come (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll come anything else (laughs) anything else related to fairy tale land before we move on nope she drinks the potion, falls over, doesn't know him. <laughs> falls over. <laughs> Let's go to Storybrooke. So I've, I've seen several, real quick, I've seen several emails come in from people saying, how are they going to get back together? How could she fall in love? We know it happens. We don't know yet what, because there's still the whole poison apple thing yet to come <clears throat> and yes, a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I still love the idea of him using the, the, the hair to make a reversal, but that mm-hmm. comes at a higher price. Yeah. So I like that idea. So moving then into Storybrooke. Looks like the storm's coming. I love Felit. Uh, I was gonna say Fleegon. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jeremy's notes. First note: It was a dark and stormy day. <laughs> Very observant of you. Thank you for writing those notes for me. <laughs> Superior storytelling at work. <laughs> Yeah, I loved the... Well, it starts off with the biker, that's right. Um, I liked how they kept, from a photo- photographic uh, point of view, I liked mm-hmm. how they kept his eyes in the... Or his mouth in the uh, the right mirror when they hmm. were looking at him while he was talking to Henry before he, he drove off. Interesting. What? When he's drive, when he's sitting there talking with Henry, and right before he says his last little words to Henry and he drives off, um, you can see, like, I just like the, the angle of the camera where you can see his mouth because it's it, the camera's behind him. You see his mouth in the right mirror's reflection, so you can still hear him talking, huh. see him talking. I and noticed that this is probably a generic, typical biker seat, but it did have like a cross on it too, or some, something like that. Hmm. He has some necklaces that I didn't get to get a screenshot of those and really look More at than those one? closely. Yeah. It looks like he's got maybe two necklaces because you can see it when he gets the box later to show Emma, which by the way, he's still carrying that box around and Henry (laughs) asks him that. I think it's really interesting then how he answers. Just something I need to do what I came here for. I thought you were just visiting. Doesn't mean I don't have something to do. So he came here with the purpose 
and he needs the typewriter for that purpose. I think it's something more than just he's a writer. He's here because of the inspiration, like he says to Emma later. He's strange. Shall I throw out my theory throw about it. who he is or Toss part of it. who he is? Yes. Chunk <laughs> it. Maybe he's the one who wrote the book that Henry has. That's a popular theory. <sighs> hmm. And I think a good one. And somebody else sent some feedback, and I was wondering the same thing. Is it possible that with this typewriter he can write changes in Storybrooke somehow? Hmm. That might be a little out there. But I it's don't an think it is. Thought. Into, like, stranger than fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is because his typewriter is so old and ancient looking. Yeah. But magical. magical. This is something inside the typewriter, <laughs> and you can keep making conclusions that way. I like the idea of him being a writer, especially how poetic he can speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going along with the who he might be theory, I heard this, and I have to give credit to the Secrets of Once Upon a Time podcast. Look that up in iTunes or uh, Once Upon a Time. Are there spoilers in it? Yeah, there are. Spoilers. So listen to like the first half or so. But they had this theory that they pointed out maybe... He's the Wizard of Oz because <laughs> this episode, a storm comes and monkeys <laughs> or apes really are mentioned in this episode. Um, and Wizard of Oz has uh, flying monkeys. When are the monkeys Funny? mentioned? Uh, I'll cover that. Okay. So there's this thought that maybe he's the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. I think it's a bit too metaphorical to say that not mm-hmm. not a strong enough connection well the man behind the curtain did not have a typewriter no you could say his presence and his stamina is all smoke and mirrors but in fairytale world smoke and mirrors gives people power so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, i have to say that his overall appearance and his demeanor and everything well not so much his demeanor but there's something about him that is a little bit graham-esque which Almost, not that I want to, you know, throw any wet blankets on anything, but it almost made me wonder if the guy that played Graham actually left the show perhaps unplanned and they wanted to sort of not replace the actor in the role, but replace the role with a similar person. That's probably not true. He seems a little too planned, but it is funny how much he resembles Graham in certain ways. Yeah. I can agree with that. Ooh, I like how once fan in the... Um, feedback area that we have says that uh, basically the typewriter may be all that he wanted Emma to see when he opened it. Yeah, could Ooh. be. Kind of like uh, what is it? Doctor Who has this card that he flashes at someone and they see what they want to see on the card. Psychic paper. Yeah, psychic Whoa. paper. That's what it is. I see <laughs> coffee. Maybe his box is something like that. Or like but, a magic box and you can get anything out of it that you want. Which is a reference some people want will get. typewriter. Well, when Emma, before Emma goes and talks to him, Regina is all like, you have to talk to this guy because, well, he's talking to our son. (laughs) Regina's always burying the lead. She's like, do it because I said so. Do it because strangers, because he's new and nobody knows him. Someone's in town. Someone new. Who is he? I don't know. Passed around, but no one seems to know anything. There's something about him. Something familiar. I thought that was First of strange. all, why don't you just admit strangers never come to Storybrooke, Regina? Good job. <laughs> but second, yeah, it's like, okay, you finally come up with a real reason that the sheriff should probably go talk to the guy, but you wait to say that because first you want to just be bossy. I think it's so 
like I, it's mean of Regina to like acknowledge that Emma is a part of Henry's life only when it'll like work <laughs> to her favor. Like mm-hmm. it'll, it's a good point. I picked up something from that scene. Emma, basically when she's talking with uh, Regina, um, Emma says he must have been one of the untold millions you cursed. Yeah. <laughs> and Regina just totally changes the subject. Yeah. She was like, she froze for a second. Like, well, how did you know that? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, the whole curse thing. <laughs> yeah. Great line. <laughs> Should we start back at the beginning of yeah. Storybook 2? When, when Emma and Mary Margaret are there in the yes. house. <laughs> um, Science fair. I'm helping the kids with their project before school. I'm sure if you're five minutes late, they'll live. We're making a volcano. <laughs> she That's lied so well. She lied so well. Mm-hmm. So she goes to Granny's diner place thing at 7.15 episode title. AM, by the way. <laughs> and she does this like every day. And she's a stalker. stalker. So you're a stalker. No, not really. Maybe a little bit. And it's not like I'm following him. I just know that he spends his mornings with Catherine, gets coffee, then drives to the animal shelter to start work at 7.30, and then he's home around 5. Oh, is that all? Thursdays, they pick up Chinese for dinner. <laughs> Freaky. I love how she's so honest. Like She's like, well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I, I had to wonder, though, if she does this every day, does she and David have an awkward exchange every day oh maybe <laughs> probably it's funny that she knew all that information of where he is where he is what he does and then when she meets him she's like oh the animal shelter right <laughs> it's like yeah that was nice little play there because you know everything about this guy when david said that the apes haven't revolted yet oh, okay not I, on his watch i think that was a good little mention of maybe planet of the apes yeah which right. makes which makes me wonder just not owned by disney so it won't be in there <laughs> when he says that it made me think have they seen planet of the apes like that kind of entertainment they do have tvs in storybrook they have radios they have access to the internet they have old things though because did you notice that book that mary margaret was reading no fantastic four no Mary Margaret. Oh, Mary Margaret. Sorry, I'm yeah. on comic this is This is in uh, Granny's place. She's reading. You can see Jules Verne on it, but you can't see until later what the actual name of the book is. And it's the book, The Mysterious Island, hmm. which is a book Jules Verne wrote about this island. There's a movie coming out soon. Yeah, Mystery Island. Too. Yeah. And it's mysterious mysterious oh sorry that's not what the notes say oh lp in the chat room is saying jules verne was walt disney's favorite author yeah that's why Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea was made because walt disney loved that and wanted (laughs) to make that so there's there's that cool connection there and like the mysterious island is all about this magical island where things are just absolutely crazy could that somehow be a symbol of storybrook as well like someone walked into fairytale world once and that was the island not necessarily saying that but that maybe there's some tie over but by the way there are some really cool little easter eggs on the cover because i was looking everywhere to find what edition 
of the book was this. I tried everything. I looked at like every single cover. You were of interested book. in finding the dates, weren't you? Yeah, I wanted to find the date of when that <laughs> book was published because it looks kind of old fashioned, published, very uh, plain cover and uh, very plain colors as well. But on the back, it has a couple cool things. It says it's illustrated by Michael Joy. Michael Joy is the production designer for Once Upon a Time. Hmm. And then right underneath it, it says introduction by Mark Lane. Mark Lane is set decorator for Once Upon a Time. So this means they created their own edition? Yeah. (laughs) And and then they put the two names on there. So it's a neat little cameo that those two guys get. That's pretty cool. I like that. (laughs) And by the way, Mysterious Island sounds like a small shout out to Lost simultaneously with everything else. Yeah, from Starry Dreamer sent in a message saying someone over at television without pity message boards commented that Mary Margaret was reading Mysterious Island and suggested that perhaps Storybrooke is like the Mysterious Island, which could mean in the long run that Dr. Whale could be Captain Ahab. Now I have a question about that. That's kind of a stretch. Whale I mean, what is that story about Ahab. Mysterious Island? Well, yeah, I don't know how that's connected. I don't really know the Mysterious Island story. Moby Dick? But yeah, Doctor uh, Captain Ahab and Moby Dick, Dr. Whale, that could make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it's, there is some connection there. It's with, better than, yeah, maybe. than uh, Hansel and Gretel, Gretel's dad. The thing that you said that his name was <laughs> oh. Tillman, and he was a tree cutter. I still think it works. <laughs> um, when you go to the scene where... Uh, um, see Mary Margaret bumps into the nag with the bad attitude. <laughs> What's her storybook name again? Catherine. Catherine. Catherine she's not the and nag with the bad attitude in Storybrooke. So nice. No, she is nice. I just want to call her that because I want to remember her evil side. So, but when they bump into her right before that, it's a little odd. Do you see what Mary Margaret was buying? Batteries and a flashlight. Well, because the storm was coming. I guess so. And then she needed the giant chocolate bar. Which to that's what I was going to mention earlier. How when she was all sad in Fairy Tale World, she buys the biggest Apollo bar I've ever seen. Women need chocolate. <laughs> Just saying. Glad we have you on the show, Just, Jenny, so you can say that and not us, so we don't it, get in trouble. <laughs> we need chocolate, especially when we don't feel good. She didn't feel good. No, she no. was depressed. I can imagine. She needed chocolate. That same scene in the convenience store, Sneezy is in the background. Oh, really? He's at the checkout See, stand. See, you noticed yeah. Sneezy. I noticed Regina reading a Fantastic Four comic book. No, she's not reading it. What? I think she's buying it for Henry because she's holding it oh. in her arms, not in her hands. If she was reading it, it would probably be in her hands. <laughs> Maybe she already read it. But Regina, she's holding it in her arms. Regina really annoys me. Like, how she is... Always giving speeches about like how other people should act. Yeah, hate it. Maybe she's stalking Mary Margaret. Not you, Regina. Sorry. (laughs) 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 No, sorry, Jerry. Continue. She actually was stalking Mary Margaret and or David at the end. So maybe in the convenience store, she was sort of doing the same thing. Maybe she just doesn't want them to get together. Yeah, which, by the way, the issue for that magazine, uh, it's actually, you can see it right on there in the screenshot, and I'll have that in the screen in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 11. But the issue was actually 263. And I'd mentioned before that we saw the other 
a couple other comic books from this store, issues 264 and 266. So these are all like issues within the same range. And if she is buying it for Henry, that's kind of interesting. She's- I just, I think it's funny too. Uh, Disney's trying to push, you know, because they own Marvel, push it through and you see it yeah. multiple times. So it's neat because it's not just once and everything, but they do try to incorporate Disney throughout a lot of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to give Regina the credit of being nice and doing something nice for Henry. Maybe she's <laughs> going to use that like his leverage. Hey, you do this for me and I'll give you this magazine. <laughs> she wants him reading something other than that book. <gasps> Maybe. Yeah. Well, he, he loves these comic books. We've seen him read comic books more in other episodes mm-hmm. too, not just in True North, but we've seen him just in his bedroom reading comic books and mm-hmm. he's got yeah, comic books. He had books a lot in, in his dressers or somewhere around the room. Yeah. And if they don't get to negotiate an end date with ABC and they have to do filler seasons, maybe they can have the comic book season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, graphic novel, sorry. I did not notice Sneezy in the background. Mm. I didn't either. Is it the same store that, that Hansel yeah. and Gretel was in? Yeah. We're exact in? Exact same store. Oh, because wow. there's the candy in <clears throat> there's the candy in the background. And uh, Sneezy is back there. He's blurred out, so you can't see him very well, but it is definitely him. Is he buying tissues? No, he's okay. helping. He <laughs> works there, right? Yeah. He works there. I oh. wonder if he like can sneeze as hard as he did in the cartoon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sneezy. I'm thinking of Sleepy from the, the security guard. Oh. Yeah, he's called uh, Mr. Clark. I think was his name. Yeah. Sneezy was the jerk what? before. Well, he was rude to Henry when he thought he stole. Yeah. He yeah. had a good oh, reason yeah. to yeah, be. He, was a jerk. he thought somebody was shoplifting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would be that way too. Like, hey, give me my stuff back. So Mary Margaret goes on this walk and she discovers the quote dove, meaning <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> Did that bird look kind of purple ish around the neck? Uh, maybe. It was pretty. Maybe. It's, by the way, I think it is the same pigeon as in Fairy Tale Land. Yeah, same I think decorations, it was too. same and pattern on its wings. By the way, what was she doing out there? I'm just wandering down this road. <laughs> I'd love to know where the road is because it was awesome, but actually, I do know where the road is. But <laughs> it's it's just a nice little walk. Weren't you, weren't you the one that wrote in your notes like, "I take a walk down this road every day after I go shopping for batteries, <laughs> <laughs> flashlight." I just need to unwind. Especially after seeing the nag with the bad attitude. <laughs> but then there's the the very sad and kind of awkward thing that happens in the mm. storybook animal shelter. The awkward glances back and forth. Yeah, as, and the, oh, that was great. as they're having this conversation, because you know the conversation relates to uh, to Mary Margaret and to David, mm-hmm. but also to their fairy tale past. Because just listen to this. If I don't get her back to her flock. She'll be alone forever. Well, it's it's a long shot, but the alternative, she'll heal, but she won't be happy here. I'll take my chances. Thank you, Doctor. Welcome. Good luck. She could be lost forever, completely alone. No one deserves that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she said that. (laughs) No one deserves that. No one deserves that. What are you doing to me, David? (laughs) (laughs) so when she tries to go out and return the dove slash pigeon to its flock she sees that ravine kind of area and this is an area of real mystery 
I think, because at first she's looking over at Edge, and we'll have pictures of this in this in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 11. She's looking over the edge, and it looks like just kind of a ravine area, mm-hmm. but all of these trees are knocked down inside of it. Yeah, almost like something had crash-landed there and taken everything out, and it was so quick. There was no time to really focus on anything. Or, yeah, even the screenshot I got is blurry because the camera is moving. Oh, really? Uh, or... It could be that it was collapsing because what's the next thing that happens? Well, she looks down, there's this little like dip and all of these broken trees. And then there's a lightning strike. She slips and suddenly there's a gigantic cliff with a (laughs) raging river at the bottom of it. I don't know. (laughs) I did like how when David comes over to rescue her, that he reaches down and he grabs the hand with the ring. Yeah. You're so close. Just look at the ring. (laughs) <laughs> true love follows it by the but, way i think we have to revisit the carrier dove but, idea i was just looking on google and there are things such as carrier doves that look like pigeons so really yeah are they purplish they're well it's a black and white sketch <laughs> so that doesn't really help me and then, well i've i've heard yeah. uh, in secrets of once upon a time podcast some bird expert was listening to them and sent them feedback saying that is a dove that is not a I mean, that is a pigeon, oh. not a dove. But mm. so where did that ravine come from? I'm wondering if maybe that, for one thing, is the edge, the actual edge of Storybrooke. Hmm. And that it collapsed right there in front of Mary Margaret. I don't think it did it right in front of her. I think it would make some noise. Yeah, me too. Well, and it wouldn't a have a river in it. Lightning and thunder. I don't think it would have a river in it. Okay. If it wasn't just an unfortunate shot for the production it could be significant i felt like they tried to gloss over it quickly just to give us a little clue yeah but there is something weird about the there edge is. there i thought so so then david finds her which, by yes. the way great timing david good for, job you know following her into the woods and not Stalker. saying anything until she needs your help yeah good job but he he finds her brings her up then they go to this cabin now I want to talk about the cabin. Okay. This is, talk cabin. About it. this is not Jacob's cabin from Lost, by the way. I did compare them. No, of course, this one's longer. This cabin is the same cabin as was in the background when Snow White was reading the letter. And when James came to look for Snow White, it's the same cabin in the background. <laughs> I'm not even going to challenge you on it because I know you've probably compared 200 <laughs> screenshots by now. Well, a couple things to note. Chimney in the middle of the house. Makes on sense. both of them, the Heats roof, the whole house, the roof is this is different between the two of them because the roof in fairy tale land is like hay or straw or something, but it's an old style roof. In the modern day, it's shingles. The porch is in the same area. The door is in the same it area. Makes sense to have the, the door windows. in the front and the porch in the front. The most, <laughs> and the, the windows most, to get the most notable thing. They're both made of wood. Huh? And they're no. both in the woods. <laughs> this is some kind of hunter's house. Because of the, the antlers, antlers on the inside. Or huntress. There are also antlers on the outside of the house in both of them. Oh. And you have to look carefully to recognize it looks like antlers. At first, it looks like a giant snake emblem or something. But they <laughs> are antlers on the Man, side of the house. Because you always mix up antlers and snake <laughs> emblems. So it is the same cabin. And I'm thinking maybe that was Snow White's cabin. So when she goes there and she breaks down the door and she's like, whose who's cabin is this? It's hers. I think it's her cabin. Huh. That would be pretty ironic. I like mm. that. Maybe. 
So I have these screenshots in the show notes over at onespodcast.com slash 11. I'll bet she was staying in someone else's cabin in fairy tale. I was a little worried that, you know, here are two people having odd emotional feelings for each other <laughs> going into a cabin. I was thinking, oh, please. <laughs> I thought it might have been like grandma's cabin at first when the big bad wolf comes and finds grandma or something goes and kills her in the cabin in the woods. But I like your idea better. <laughs> but they do still have feelings for each other and blah, blah, blah. All it's that stuff. awkward. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Moving I, on. Just like the other scene where I don't love you anymore. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, let's just skip over the romantic parts. Jenny, you can t- chime in here anytime just to help all the other people that listening that want to hear the real romantic stuff. Oh, okay. Or not. <laughs> so... Then it goes to Emma is talking to the stranger or goes into Granny's diner to talk to the stranger. But what he says about the box. Yes, I wrote that quote down. Please play it. It's like it's like what we were, in a sense, hoping would happen and in a sense, not wanting to happen. You're going to have to wait a long time and watch me carry it around, hauling it to strange and mysterious places. (laughs) And with each passing moment, the mystery will become more tantalizing. Your imagination will inflame, but so will your frustration, never knowing, only guessing what could possibly be inside that box. He actually kind of talks like Regina. (laughs) Just the way he said tantalizing kind of sounded like Regina. I don't know why. I just thought I'd point it out. I thought he might watch our podcast because we always question everything and, <laughs> and ask all these things and what's going to be happening. And Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I thought about the box. Even when she first walked in, she said, we have to talk. And she was still behind him. He didn't turn around. He just, and he just answered her. He already knew who it was. I mean, yeah, her voice, but he doesn't know her really well. It was, it was almost like he already knew what was going to happen. Mm. I did like how he said... I mean, this just might have been the, you know, the words to fluff it up and the dramatic <laughs> message he was trying to give Emma. But he said, you can watch me carry it around, hauling it <laughs> to strange and mysterious places. Yeah. So it's like, has he entered fairy tale world? Can he go back and forth to places? Are there other places that we just don't know about besides Storybrooke? Right. And Emma, there's something that he says that Emma even questions him, oh, you've been here before? And he just says, I didn't say that. Just like, <laughs> I didn't give my name. I yeah. Mean, he's got that He's so mysterious. Yes. So he's already said, well, we don't know his name still. And he's neither confirmed nor denied that he's been here before, which I think is saying he has been here before. His voice even sounds like Graham. Because he, <laughs> he even says that uh, earlier in the dialogue to Henry is he came here for a purpose that there was something he wanted to do and the typewriter is going to help him do that. Which is completely opposite of Emma coming here because she had no purpose in her life and she was oh. just trying to find purpose. Nice. Yeah. Minus the accent. He sounded <laughs> a lot like Graham. He does not. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's awesome. We we got a bunch of feedback on him, but I'm just going to read these couple things. From Starry Dreamer, she said, uh, I'm with you guys on the stranger being the seven-year-old who saved Emma. 
Who would be seven years old in fairy tale land? I was thinking Pinocchio, but it doesn't really fit with the typewriter. Also, do you think the typewriter has magical properties? I do. Yeah, magical. I think so. Then Ryan said, the stranger says he's a writer. Who could he be? And Doxon said, a friend at work, I'm trying to get her to listen to the podcast, had an interesting theory. What if the typewriter can be used to change the stories in Storybrooke or Fairytale Land? Very similar to what you guys were saying. Be like, and suddenly, unexpectedly, Regina stubbed her toe. <laughs> That's a neat idea, but I hope they don't go that route. Here's a crazy idea I had. Regina said there's something familiar about him, but he must not be one of the untold millions that Regina cursed. Mm, Necessarily. I'm wondering, is this the thing that Regina loved most that Snow White took from her? I don't know. Is this guy the one she was going to marry? That's implied when when Evil Queen is talking to Maleficent. What does she remember him? She remembers everything else. I was going to say that, and then I realized this is the same episode where we saw a potion to make someone forget someone they loved. Although, oh. up until the curse, she clearly remembered or she wouldn't have been so upset. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe she should have just taken a potion like that and, you know, not done the whole curse thing. <laughs> hmm. She'd still have her father, too. Could have been good for her. You know? Has anybody tried to figure out whether he might have been the seven-year-old who found Emma? Yeah, that's what um, Starry Dreamer had suggested, mm. is maybe the seven-year-old. Which I like that idea somewhat, because then it's maybe he didn't just discover her. Maybe he was, I mean, maybe he has a gift and he could he actually found her and... That's why he found Storybrooke, and that's why he has, like, it seems to have a, I don't know, he seems to have a lot of power that we don't know about. Well, I couldn't figure out why there would be a seven-year-old on the side of the road, unless he appeared there just like she did, maybe protected in some way from the curse. I think side of the road can be very broadly interpreted. It can. In the neighborhood, he's just walking along, he's walking with his mom, he sees, oh, hey, look, a baby. I realize as I say that, that I keep picturing the road out of Storybrooke, surrounded by nothing but trees, yeah. but that's not going to be anywhere. Well, we don't really know where she was found. She, They said that she was found on the side of a freeway, right? The side of a road, I think. I'm a, I thought I heard freeway, too. Me too. But, but then a seven-year-old on the side of the freeway sounds a lot more awkward than on the side of the road. So. <laughs> then anything else there that you guys wanted to mention about him or about the typewriter theorize? After the storm, David and Mary Margaret come out of the cabin, and Mary Margaret lets the pigeon go. And the the feelings are just more in conflict and the awkward situations. But David says then something interesting. I know. I know it doesn't make sense. But it's like I have these two conflicting lives. Memories of feelings for her. And real feelings for you. Who's to say which is real? And that is why... This whole breaking up a marriage story doesn't bother me the way it normally would. Yeah. Because they're not really married. Yeah. It's a lie. And sadly for Catherine, she believes it. But he only half believes it because he's only partially affected by the curse. So he's actually acting on the feelings he has for the woman he's really married to. Yeah. And then when he goes, though, and he and Catherine are talking, 
Well, wait. Um, he tried to hold her hand. Yeah. And I really, I liked, I liked how she said, no, it's too painful. Like, she just, she doesn't want him to, it's like, it's hard to resist what's <laughs> natural. When David and Catherine were talking, he said, he used the phrase, give us our best shot. Uh-huh. Which I was expecting, as soon as he started using those words, I was expecting the word chance, because that's what was said about Emma and what was said about Henry, is mm. give them their best chance. I think right? they said shot in those yeah. cases, too. Was it shot? Yeah, uh-huh. it was. Their best shot. Maybe both were used. Okay. I remember for Henry, it was best shot. I was thinking it was chance. But <laughs> they go completely against that. And it's <laughs> it's crazy to see how hard they tried to stay apart, but they can't. Yeah. And even though they go to Granny's at a different time. Yeah, it was really cute how they found each other. It was like, we're mm-hmm. supposed to be avoiding each other. Starry, funny. Starry Dreamer also wrote this in saying, I love Mary Margaret and David so much that I don't even care that he's technically a cheating cheater who cheats. <laughs> <laughs> the, the look on his face when he found her in the diner at the wrong time was priceless. That was really <laughs> turns cute. and runs. This is like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird too, because it was right after he talks to Catherine, like mm-hmm. he was going to try to work with it and I don't know. Yeah, about 35 minutes before that. <laughs> Do you think too that with, for instance, Catherine being such a different personality than what we've seen in fairy tale world, that in future episodes, if they enter back into fairy tale world, that we will discover, um, that they would actually have like, I don't know, like a new hmm. role in it because their personalities would be different. Maybe if they retain their memories, they may carry something of who they were in Storybrooke with them hmm. into fairy tale, which is really unfortunate for Red. <laughs> Do you want to say something? Because I just saw well, like label uh, uh, go right yeah, above you. <laughs> a far out thought is maybe Catherine or Abigail in Fairy Tale Land somehow befriends the evil queen. Mm. And that's why she's received some extra favor in Storybrooke. That could well be. They would have a common enemy. Yeah. Crazy idea. I think we're going to see more. Well, we are going to see more of Abigail because we still have to see why didn't their wedding go through. Or at least the fallout from that. So the whole, the whole kissing scene, (laughs) I was wondering, is there going to be a flash because oh. like that time when they almost kissed the first time while they were in the cabin, I was thinking they're going to kiss and they're going to flash and suddenly realize who they are or one of them is or something. I think we'll figure that out on the next episode. <laughs> Maybe. I, I just read the next title. Don't mention it. I'm Don't not mentioning anything. it. I'm like, why did I see that? Curse you, IMDB.com. You spoiled it for yourself. I like titles. Yeah, we don't include spoilers. I know. You guys have to look at it, too. I think I like nope. minor spoilers. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> they kiss in front of the storybook real estate building. They don't building. care anymore. And They're Regina just, sees, we doesn't help she, it. across the street in yes. the car. I love that. Which you could actually see the back end of her car in one of the shots. Oh, really? But uh-huh. you couldn't see the actual driver's sides to see who was in the car. You just see the back end of the black kind of Cadillac looking car. Yeah. Do you think she's been following or watching them more than this? 
Yes. She just needs like the mirrors. convenience store. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't know store, that. But... I'm wondering if she can poof. <laughs> <laughs> Only the car and everything. Bam. People are oblivious, so she can't really do it right in front of Emma because Emma's not affected by the curse, but everybody else, maybe they're blind to it, and so she can just appear. Maybe. What are you doing here? They keep saying to her. <laughs> I've been appearing in places since ever since everyone can remember. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is weird. Um, you know how the stranger were trying to figure out who he is. I looked him up. It's Ian Bailey, and I'm looking at his his uh, filmography, and he plays in all these like dark movies oh. or Cold Case, CSI, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like really, so I, can I wonder see that. if he's, he's like creepy. Yeah, so. If he plays someone good, it looks like this might be the first time. <laughs> Ooh. Huh. That's so, scary. Yeah. Definitely seems like he... I mean, I don't know his role. I'd have to see his roles on a lot of these. But it looks like he might be more of a evil villain type of dude. <laughs> so, we have a lot of things that we didn't get to cover in this. But that's where you guys come in. Now... I, we share the feedback information, so you can send us feedback, especially for the new episodes as they air. But we're looking at maybe doing a specific feedback episode each week or every couple of weeks, too, so we can address and talk about a lot of the feedback we're receiving on past episodes. But you can always go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 11 and chat with us and the other listeners there in the comments and discuss some of these things that we've brought up, or also watch all of the other sites and posts that we put on oncepodcast.com. Subscribe to the blog and subscribe to us on iTunes. And by the way, we'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating or review, or just an honest rating and review. That's what we'd love. <laughs> Not that five-star has to be dishonest, let's <laughs> <Yeah>. be clear. <laughs> and we're so grateful for the people who have left ratings and reviews in there. Send us chocolate. Yeah. Speaking of chocolate, there were two lost Easter eggs I saw. Obviously, the Apollo bar. Yes, obviously. And the second one, I can't remember where I heard this, but the radio voice with the weather reports was supposedly Damon Lindelof. Oh, funny. One of the writers huh. of Creators. Lost. Mm. It's Creators, funny because yeah. he was just about to say, like, you need to go in your door, hide in your homes, and something because or i forget he was just in the middle of this thought when regina shuts it off i was mad <laughs> like, i hate her all the more yeah at moments this is a vague lost reference i thought grumpy reminded me a little of sawyer yeah that's a bit of a stretch particularly one line that he said that i'm not going to repeat here he didn't finish it but <laughs> i can see that actually i can see that Similar writers could write in similar personalities it's with like certain a characters. Kinder version of Sawyer, and <laughs> yet his name is Grumpy. One last feedback I want to read came from Anna. She said, Hi, all. I haven't been listening for long, but I enjoy the podcast and have to say that is making me a more observant viewer. I was thinking over Rumple Stoltzkin and the fees he charges the other characters for his services. I'm curious if maybe these odd fees have something to do with a magic spell that might free him from his curse. Mm. I'm trying to remember all of the things he required of people. Forgive me if I make a mistake or leave anything out. She has listed here Emma's name, Cinderella's baby, later given up in exchange for the special favor from Emma, Snow White's strand of hair, the power over the queen, Regina, every time he says, please. I would also add to this the fairy godmother's wand mm -hmm. 
the um, uh, Cinderella's fairy godmother. And the stuff, whatever it was, that Jiminy Cricket was collecting. But that was 60 well, he, years ago or so. He had the puppets. He collected puppets. Yeah. Well, I mean, the stuff that Jiminy Cricket brought to him in that big bag. Oh, all those names. and Yeah. <laughs> and the right. names that went along with them. Hmm. But that's 60 years ago. I wouldn't necessarily say that's related to this theory. She continues... All of these things are special pieces, personal items of each person, and it seems like there's a deeper meaning behind why he needs them. Or is he seeking to have his own curse or power over these characters? What do you think? Thanks, Emma from Kansas City. I think that is an awesome theory. Yeah. Thanks, I like Emma. it. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to maybe keep a list of what items is he taking? What could he build with these items? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's got the magic wand, so he can build... We at least know he can build a pumpkin carriage with horses. And glass slippers. <laughs> and glass slippers. Yeah. If those things happen. So, some, some great <laughs> feedback, everyone, uh, who sent this in. And please, keep our feedback information handy so you can send us in feedback for this next episode coming up on this Sunday. So, you can call in your feedback to 903-231-2221 or email feedback at oncepodcast.com and we'll include your feedback on the show as we can and also check out the show notes for the screenshots that we mention and links and other stuff over at oncepodcast.com slash 11 just keep watching the blog for material we didn't get to here yeah. including a post i want to do on information some would consider spoilerish. you'll be warned you won't be spoiled but if you like knowing who's going to be in the show i'm going to cover it awesome so that'll be over at oncepodcast.com. And we do post those blogs pretty regularly. We've got a couple per week or a few per week going now. So check those out. We often get into more in-depth and some theories and thoughts with a single screenshot and such. Check that out at oncepodcast.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the Roman. No, that's me. Follow <laughs> at oncepodcast. And join us on Facebook.com slash Once Podcast. And we're on Google Plus, which you'll just have to search for Once Podcast on there because I don't have a friendly link for that. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash Fleagon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny. Follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. So we really appreciate your feedback and listening to us. Remember, feedback at oncepodcast.com. Now just remember, we're not grumpy. We're just focused. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our great podcasts like this one at noodle.mx.